0: Food Heals Podcast, episode 238. The quickest and
1: easiest thing that everyone can do, I call it the three F's: it's having fun. The second F is fashion. And then the third F is, of course, flirting. Men love women who love themselves, and it works in reverse as well. This isn't about the man, it's not about the woman. This is about you and how you view you.
3: Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and in stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.
0: All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody and happy, happy new year. And if you're in that zone of new year, new you, I just want to say that in 2018, you were awesome. And in 2019, I just hope that you continue to be the badass that you've always been. But if you are looking to change things up in 2019, today's guest is going to teach us how to do just that. With a vat of knowledge and experience as a therapist, a certified style coach, a dating coach, and matchmaker, our guest today, Kim Selter, has helped hundreds of people find lasting love and connection and build valuable relationships using her unique, confidence makeover process. And she uses an outside in approach, which is different from what we normally talk about. So I'm excited to get into that with Kim today. And Kim has changed hundreds of lives by changing people's styles, their emotional and social intelligence, using her signature formula, the charisma quotient. She works on body language, first impressions, image and messaging, and really how it impacts attraction. So Susie and I had a lot of fun with Kim, but first Food Heals Nation, while Kim is going to teach us how to make over our wardrobes, I'm going to teach you how to make over your wellness business in 2019. This is our third iteration of our Rise and Bloom Mastermind. We just finished up the second one at the end of 2018 and we're starting fresh in 2019 and we want to invite you to join us. It was really, really nice. We had some amazing women with incredible wellness businesses and we're all helping each other up level together. So what you're going to get in the 2019 Rise and Bloom Mastermind for six months is one monthly coaching call. It will be with myself and other experts that I bring on on topics like marketing, monetization, networking, sales funnels, Facebook groups, podcasting copywriting, social media, events, retreats, so much more. Basically, whatever you guys want to talk about, I'll make sure to have an expert on or I'll speak from my own experience and tell you exactly how we did something to build our brand Food Heals. You're also going to get three private Podcasts per month. These are never before heard episodes. So these are on topics like health, business, spirituality, relationships, wellness, girl bossing, and manifestation, the law of attraction, so much more. So some of our sample podcasts that you're going to get will include things like how to build a profitable network with Travis Chappell, how to become an Amazon best selling author with Laura Peterson. She's helping me with that right now for my first book, how to create profitable Facebook groups with Jill. Stanton from Screw the 9 to 5. She's awesome. We're going to talk about the power of podcasting with Entrepreneur on Fire's Kate Erickson. We're going to talk to Alita McDaniel about how to create those multiple passive income streams and so much more. So the six-month schedule is going to be the fourth Wednesday of every month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m., Eastern, except January 30th is actually the fifth Wednesday. So we're going to start January 30th. I hope you can join us. If you have any questions, just email me at info at foodhealsnation.com. We've got four people from the last mastermind returning, so I'm super excited. So you're going to meet some people that you're absolutely going to love, and we all support each other. So I hope you join us for the Rise and Bloom Mastermind 2019. Next up, our interview with Kim.
2: The Food Heels Podcast
3: starts now.
0: She's a therapist, certified style coach, dating coach,
2: speaker, podcast host and matchmaker. Please welcome Kim Seltzer.
0: Hey! So good to have you. Happy New Year, ladies.
1: Thanks, you too. Happy New Year. It's 2019. Woo-hoo! That's I'm, so
2: weird. I don't know why <clears throat> I didn't have this reaction in 2018, but 2019 sounds weird to
1: me. It does. <laughs> It does, but 2020 is even weirder, so I'll just, you know what I mean? So I'll take the the 2019. That's true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good point. All right. Well, in 2019, I feel like I am ready for a makeover, and that is what you specialize Mm -hmm. in, Kim, Tell Food Heals Nation a little bit about who you are and what you do. Oh
1: my gosh, where do I start? Well, you know, here's the thing that's so interesting as, you know, as an entrepreneur, of course. My my approach has morphed, you know, over the years. I mean, if you knew me about 20 years ago, I was this traditional therapist, right? I did the kind of the talking therapy that everybody knows about, where somebody sits on a couch and talks about your family and all of that stuff for years. And, you know. What happened over time is that I got a divorce. (laughs) That's really where it kind of changed. Because at that point, when I moved from Chicago here to LA, I, you know, like, wait, can we swear on here? Is is it okay? Fuck yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So the shit hit the fan basically. I mean, that was pretty <laughs> mild, but, um, and my life as I knew it with my leave it to beaver, you know, kind of picket fence house and the married life as I knew I left behind and I looked ahead of me and I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do with my life? And there was no way at that point I could have been a therapist, right? Like there was just, if anyone had come to me at that moment in time, I would have said, let me, let me go on the couch for a second. Let me tell you about real problems here. So (laughs) no way could I do that. But what happened to me is actually what I'm about to explain, you know, really my process and what I help people with today. I literally couldn't get out of bed at that moment. And I... Realized even with all my support and the talking therapy and, and the stuff that I had in place, I couldn't get out of my own way until one day I looked in the mirror. And I gotta tell you, ladies, like I hated what I saw. I was horrified. I saw this like really frumpy girl with oversized, you know, mumus on, and my nursing bras. And mind you, I wasn't even pregnant any longer. Like that was like two years prior. But um, and then I had my Birkenstocks on and all that. And it it just what really reflected back to me was where I was in my mindset. You know, I was a very like sad person hiding in my dark dismal clothes. So what does a girl do when nothing fits her and like looks like crap but go shopping. And I literally like I remember not even realizing that I hadn't shopped in years, you know? So I I go to the department store and I pull of course all the black clothes and they were like three sizes too big. They were like my mm-hmm. cocoon, right? Mm-hmm. And this personal shopper is watching me and she comes over to me and she's like excuse me ma'am I was wondering if you wanted to try on this and she holds up this red dress that was literally I thought three sizes too small and I said that's really sweet of you but that is so not my size and that is really not my color she said honey it is your size it is your color try it on Oh. Okay. Good for her. Right? But no, I, really, that woman, she doesn't even know it, and I don't even know who she is, changed my life and my perspective. Because when I slipped it on, I twirled around like Cinderella, and I look in the mirror, and I was like, oh, my God, she was right. Like, I had not seen myself in so long. And really, that was that kind of that transformation that I help people with nowadays is that In order to get out of my own way, I had to see myself different. I had to feel differently in order to get past this kind of like dark period. And so I bought that costume that day and I call it a costume because I still didn't believe it and I marinated in it. And then all of a sudden... I started getting noticed and my confidence started growing and I realized this like symbiotic relationship between the outer and the inner was so powerful. So what I do today is exactly this. It's helping people transform their lives from the outside in. And I, you know, a lot of people go from the inside out. I go from the outside in to attract what you want, you know, whether that's love or business, it doesn't matter, but really it's about building that confidence and like loving yourself.
2: I love that you called it a costume, mm. because coming from all my years as as an actor, that was one mm. of the things I loved the most is to be, especially with period pieces, and like being able to put on costumes of a different time and age, where it informed who your character was going to be. And I played everything from whores, where you <laughs> right. very much feel—I mean, you have to you have to flaunt it, you have to sell it—to mm-hmm. all the way to that frumpy girl knitting in a corner on the stage where I wore short shawls and like shitty cotton dresses and no makeup. Yep. And it makes so much sense.
1: Yeah. I didn't know you had an acting background. So do I. So that's actually yes. kind of where I got my inspiration as well. And I have an improv background as well. And So do I. Oh, here we go. Do you so, want to improv? <laughs> Should we play a game? I feel <laughs> like the a game? game is for on. <laughs> let's, do a, let's do a yes and over a podcast. Yes oh, my oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Yeah. No. I love no. it. Um, So, no, but here's the thing that I realized. Actually, I just did a podcast myself on this yesterday. Um, You know, when I saw people doing improv or, or playing a role, I realized that there were things that people could do that they normally couldn't do in their real life. So I saw these shy guys become these powerhouses. I saw these little quiet girls become these loud mouths, right? And so I knew the power of, you know, that. Kind of permission that you get when you're either in a role or you have a costume on, and so I work with body language as well, and I work with, you know, um, again all the your presentation, you know, and how that impacts that inner confidence as well, and so I used to do drama therapy. And then fast forward to now, I still do kind of role-playing and improv exercises and helping people. So besides going shopping, I do a lot of these in-person experiences where I do these wing stuff and I help people flirt and I look at their body language and how they're putting themselves out there. And it's like that old saying, act as if and you will become. And and I see it happen before my eyes. You know, it's just cool. That is
0: true. That is true. Mm-hmm in the beginning you said, I work from the outside in and most people work from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And that's something we promote on the show, like inside out, like, you know, heal your inside to make your outside, you know, mm-hmm. more vibrant, more beautiful, more healthy and all that stuff. But it is true. A good outfit can change your day. It can make you feel more confident in a business meeting. It can make or you a, more comfortable. Or a great
2: haircut. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Or a new pair of shoes
1: or, yeah. you know. Absolutely. And absolutely and if you were to ask me about twenty years ago when I was a traditional therapist, I would have thought you were nuts, you know, like to say, Oh, yeah, I work from the outside in, especially like I get a bad rap, right? I'm blonde here, blue eyed from LA, but really I'm from Chicago. So I always like kind of qualify that. You know, here's the <laughs> just saying. So that's the thing is that I thought you had to work from the inside out. But what I'm realizing working with thousands of people that I can get at you know, changes with people in one power shopping makeover experience than I did years in therapy because people are actually putting themselves into action and feeling something and seeing something different rather than just a concept or analyzing it in their head being a therapist as well, I think the inside is just as important. So I've kind of broken it into three parts. So I, I start from the outside and I work on raising people's style IQ. And then I move into the inside and work on people's emotional IQ, how we express ourselves, how we manage emotions, show authenticity and vulnerability. And then I move I take it to the streets, so to speak, and work on your social intelligence, how we manage relationship and the impact it has on others.
0: I love this. This is like... This is brilliant. And I I do think it's a reciprocal relationship because Mm -hmm. I work on my inside and then my outside improves. I work on my outside and then my inside improves. So we can't discount one or the other. When you work on both, you can improve both at the same time. And I love that you're bringing this to the Food Heals podcast table, because I think it's so important. And we haven't talked about that a lot. So I'm excited to hear more. Oh yeah. Absolutely.
1: And like especially with what, you know, you do and, and your message. It's so powerful. Cause I work with so many women who have, you know, body image issues. And I work with men too, by the way, but I think women more so than men carry a lot of like Old messages, right, that they got growing up and got either reinforced or punished for the way they look. And so, fast forward to adulthood, that really impacts the way that they see themselves. And when you don't love yourself, when you don't see yourself as a sexy, confident woman, neither will anybody else. And that's why the costume is so important, right? There was a woman, it was this most profound example that I can think about. She called me and she said, you know, I'm I'm sick of being alone. It's been 25 years since my divorce. All I do is work all day. I don't know where to start. I want to feel better and I want to start dating. I said, great. So she flew out here to LA and we did like the whole shebang. I mean, not everybody obviously does this, but she really was committed to changing her life. And so the first thing that I do is I sit down and get a good history. I mean, that's the therapist to me because I believe our past is connected to the future and the choices we make and the patterns that get created. So I don't, I'm not this cookie cutter approach person. I feel like our past, all shapes us in different ways. Right. And so as I was sitting down with her, I realized how much she was giving her power away from the clothes she was wearing to the messages she was saying. She kept apologizing for things. Every time she would talk, she'd be like, Oh, sorry. And like, what are you apologizing right. for? So anyway, it was time to go shopping. Was she Canadian? No, and she wasn't even Canadian. I had one of those. And then <laughs> I understood this. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm married to a lovely Canadian man. And it's true, they just, it's almost like T- it's almost like a
1: reflex. It They're is. always
2: apologizing. It's yeah. a
1: colloquialism, yeah. I think. They're just like, oh, sorry. Like, it's just another way of expressing themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, but she was not. She was American. And then we were ready to go shopping because, again, like, I like the outside stuff. As we're walking into the department store, she stops me and she said, Kim, I have to tell you something. I said, well, What's going on? She's like, I haven't looked in the mirror. 25 years. I I just I was ashamed to tell you. I said, What do you mean? She's like, Well, I have all the mirrors covered in my house. I I hate the way I look.
2: Aww.
3: Right.
1: And, and so the body image stuff and her weight was something that was so painful for her. And so I said, I get that. Thank you for telling me. I can appreciate it. And I held her hand and we walked through the store. I said, but I want you to just walk with me. And you know i was thinking about myself as a therapist had that been 20 years ago i probably would have sat down and worked through that with her right you know that's where the talking therapy you know maybe did some cognitive stuff and all that but it was so much more powerful to walk into that department store and i'm holding her hand as tears is there's dripping down her face as she's looking at the mannequins and she's like i don't look like that i don't know what i'm doing here i said Look, I just want you to do one thing. I want you to put this jacket on. I gave her this like cool leather jacket. And there were these really hot boots, they, like kind of like the half boots that were the ankle boots that are in. And I said, just try these things on. And I want you to twirl around and look in the mirror just for like count 15 seconds. Just give me 15 seconds. So she did it. And she twirled around. And all of a sudden, she's staring at herself in the mirror. And it was beyond the 15 mark. And the tears started rolling down, but this time it was tears of joy, and she just she's like quivering in her voice, and she said kim i i I haven't seen myself so beautiful ever." And it was just this huge Breakthrough right and from there I created a monster because after that Point we're like trying on everything And she's dressing with the Door open this is a woman who had So much body shame and and She's laughing and she's having so much fun And she's getting dresses and she got all this Wardrobe and then we did the photo shoot And she's getting like all these sexy Poses that woman went Home after this whole kind of Transformation and she started dating Up a storm and and she landed a great guy. You know, I mean, again, wow. it started with the, the kind of view of herself in the mirror. But again, it had to be something that she could look and feel before she could move past this.
2: And that's not something that you can talk through and that get that kind of transformation that quickly. Like exactly. she could sit down and talk about it and you could talk for sessions session, like for hours. Right. But until she looked in the mirror, changed what she was wearing and went, oh, yeah, I'm still hot and I still got it. Which happened like so quickly. It wasn't gonna, yeah, it wasn't gonna
1: happen on the couch. No. And, and and in fact, I find that most people, I mean, let's let's be real. I mean, most people know in their head what they need to do, especially like if you're over the age 25, let's say. Like they know, they're like, yeah, I should. You know, it's the, I should do this. Yeah, I should put up my profile. Yeah, I should go out more. But at what point do you do? And And usually when people call me, that's the point that they're at. it's the things that they know that they need to do, but they're frozen. And obviously we're frozen in ways because there's so many fears. I mean, that's what freezes us. It's fear all the time. And usually fears are attached to the things that are unknown. I mean, that's why it's anxiety provoking for us. So when, when, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the fact that she could just see herself rather than me telling her in a therapy session, you know what, you should probably go shopping. Like she probably, it would be like years until she did that. If if, at all,
0: if ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I really am interested in what you said a few minutes ago about how people can give their power away through the clothes that Mm -hmm. they wear. And it got me thinking because I'm thinking like my outfit is often a reflection of how I'm feeling about myself in any given moment. So it's Mm -hmm. like the baggier it is, the less confidence I'm feeling. The shorter and tighter it is, the more confident Mm -hmm. I'm feeling. I mean, just to be honest. And how do you see your clients or just people in general? Giving away their power or taking their power back through the clothes that they choose to wear.
1: All the time. I mean, I'll throw myself under the bus first and foremost. I mean, when I was like wrapped in my black cocoon clothes, you know, forever, um, I I didn't realize that it was my kind of shield, my love shield, because I was so scared of being seen. Because then if I got the attention, well, then what the heck do I do? (laughs) Like, I mean, at that point, men were aliens to me. I mean, I had been married for a long time. Uh I was like, oh my God, who are you? And what do I do with you? (laughs) You know, so I was just, I was riddled in fear. And so, you know, often I find that the close is, is a message and it also reflects of how people not only are feeling, but the value that they set on what clothes is for them. So in other words, like I think there are some people who are pretty good dressers, but then they will wear certain colors or certain styles that will hide them or or shift in the way that their moods do. But a lot of times and more often than not, there's just no awareness. Like they have no idea how they're coming across and how their image is preventing them from finding love. I know that almost sounds like superficial, but I can't tell you how many times I've seen this. There was this woman who hired me just for dating coaching because, you know, sometimes people will hire me just for styling or just for the coaching or just for, you know, whatever it is that they need or confidence. But um, she thought her clothes were great. Seriously, like she, and actually her Mm -hmm. clothes were very expensive. I could tell. It's not like she, you know, didn't know about, you know, good brands and she enjoyed the shopping aspect, but she showed up in all beige. And the clothes were literally three sizes too big because she was tiny. And she mm. was she has Indian skin. And you know there were certain colors I knew that were going to look fabulous, but she had no makeup on and the beige. And she was just looking washed out and tired. But on top of that, when she showed up to meet me, she had a huge shawl around her. I'm like, okay, wait, we're going flirting and you're wearing a shawl. Like like do you know what I'm saying? like it just and I'm not just talking like a sexy shawl you know like like you know it was like this is cute it looked like a blanket I don't know how else to describe
0: it so um you know what that screams to me like, I need protection. I'm not ready. Like, I'm not ready to come out. I need or to comfort. Bingo. Cloak myself. Comfort. Bingo. Cloak myself. No,
1: you got you ladies are spot on. That's exactly and when I, you know, really kind of dug deeper into her history and, and got understanding of, you know, where she came from, that's exactly what this was. It was exactly that protection thing. But she had no idea that her clothes were doing that for her. So you know what I said? I, I sent her home. I said, look, I, I, I want to help you and we're going to learn how to flirt and I'm going to get you to where you want to go, but I can't work with you until we work on your image. And she's like, what? You know, she, had no, she was almost like offended. I said, yeah. I said, what you're wearing and how you're wearing it is preventing, like it's literally preventing guys from approaching you. So I gave her an assignment before we went shopping. And I said, I want you just to go home and get a red lipstick. And I want you to wear the red lipstick, yeah. right? I want you to wear the red lipstick for a week and then report back to me what happened. And then we'll talk about shopping. And, and I said, and no shawl. I The shawl has got to go. Like, we'll have a <laughs> ceremony and burn it if we need to. That's fine. So she's like, OK. <laughs> you know, so she got a red lipstick. And I taught. So then a week later, she calls me and she's like, Oh my God, Kim. I'm like, What happened? She's like, That little magic red bullet. She wore the red lipstick and she said that everywhere she went, guys were talking to her, like on the subway, in the Uber car, in the coffee shop. And she's like, And I didn't even start it. Like they just started talking to me. I said, Really? Interesting. So did you talk back? She's like, You know what? I did. (laughs) <laughs> it was so cute. So what, you know, was it the red lipstick? Well, I think kind of like my red dress that I talked about in the beginning, what it did is it gave, you know, first of all, red attracts men, ladies who are listening out there. Why? Should I go into it now? Yeah. Yes.
0: We're so okay, excited. No, I was so excited.
1: <laughs> Allie, you're married. <laughs>
0: hey. Who's she? Man. No, 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 no. She, I'm just
1: kidding. Is, is she I'm married? We're both I, oh, married. okay, yeah. wait. wait. Yeah, Ladies, so never sexy. stop
2: dating. Never no, no, stop dating. No, I'm I'm totally joking. Oh. I was trying to make a joke at her expense. I I totally get it. I have a plethora of different types of red yeah. lipsticks, and I know what you're talking about. Please okay. continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but if you are, whether you're joking or not, like I always say, never stop dating your partner. So whether you are single or not, this works for men either way. So
0: Wait. I have a question for Allie. Allie, do you own a red lipstick? Red lipstick is one of my faves and it doesn't look good on me, but I was going to yeah. say Kim, does that mean I need to stop wearing my bathrobe around the house every day when my husband No, I mean the red lipstick and the pink bathrobe and he's like, "Oh, the robe." Okay, but
1: if you're <laughs> naked underneath the robe and then you have the red lipstick on, that's a different
0: picture to me. That's hot, but no, I'm wearing, like, sweatpants. Yeah, I mean, maybe put some
1: heels on. Like, the heels would work with that, probably. <laughs> you know, or just take the, the sweats off and then have a little surprise underneath. Oh, my God, it, he would love that.
0: No, you guys, I'm half-joking, but the truth is, if I'm wearing the robe, he knows there's no action. If I'm wearing the heels, he knows there's a possibility. So
2: you need some different... There's plenty of sexy robes, and there's plenty of comfy robes. Okay, but wait a second. Right? But my what girl. about the... Uh, I know, which are totally... <laughs> We're totally straying from the red lips. I know, but just
1: one last thing the element of surprise would knock his socks off. Like, if you wore the same, like, you know, schlumpy robe that you always do, and then you're like sexy lingerie underneath and be like, hi, honey, and just like unrobe, like, how he would die.
0: Um, Well, one time I did the the robe that I always wear. It's like a leopard print, but not a sexy leopard print like an oversized Mm -hmm. leopard print. But then I had his favorite heels that he had bought for me and I was just like, put it prop them up on the table and he was like, hey, babe. Oh, hey, babe. And I was like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) yes,
1: men are so visual. I mean, this is I mean, to your point. It is something that's so like fun and exciting to do, especially when it comes to dating or just, you know, reigniting some fire in couplehood. It's just, you know, having that kind of feeling sexy, you know, and it really is about how you feel and your mindset that transcends to the guy. And then the guy sees you as sexy too. So I always tell people, and I'll go back to the red lipstick, but. Men love women who love themselves. And same is true, you know, it works in reverse as well. And so I always tell people this isn't about the man. It's not about the woman. This is about you and how you view you. And that's why this stuff is so powerful that I'm talking about. And so going back to the red lipstick, what she realized is that when she had gotten these guys' attention and they started talking to her. Her confidence grew to then have conversation and engage in that way. And it gave her that confidence. And she started feeling more sexy, more confident, and liked by men each day that she wore it you know, again, it was like a vehicle for change. And then from there we did go shopping and the happy ending is she landed a great guy, you know, after we coached together. And so the research about the red, this is so fascinating because I've been saying this for years, you know, like if you want to get a click on your pick on Bumble, wear a red dress. If you want to walk into a party and attract a guy, wear a red. Like it doesn't matter, red boots, red shoes, red lips, all of it. And so they found biological. I finally found an article this year about like biological reasons why guys like it. Because I mean, without being so gross, I mean, think about it. That's the color of menstruation. So, you know, it's fertility, but it's a subconscious wow. thing. So they they're attracted to it to procreate. Wow, okay. I've I know this one crazy? before. I love that's it. It's not. I w- I would have never I guessed know. that. I know. <laughs> I mean, I just I think we know that red. You know stops people in this track. I mean, look, sirens are red, stop yeah. signs are red, you know, like it does stop people. But the, for men in particular, I thought that was so fascinating.
2: Hey, Allie. It is. What? Food Heels color theme is, uh, oh. is red. Yeah.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, we got our red walls. We've got our red artwork. <laughs> red has <is> always been <laughs> in Those our lives. Those are so
1: fiery. I love it. We're just one <laughs> big don't. uterus.
0: <laughs> right. right.
2: Sorry, men. I'm sorry. Sometimes we get a little. I
0: <laughs> love it. Yeah, men. Let us know. Do you agree with us? Do you mm-hmm. love red? I mean, I I see that in, in the um, pictures of Susie and I for when we launched the podcast. We're in black dresses with a red background and all kinds of red fruit mm-hmm. in front of us, and so it's very. It's not sexual, but it's sexy. It is. You know, it's very like bold i it's
1: would say. bold and also to a lot of my women who are used to hiding and wearing beige and black and you know they feel like those colors are loud it's one of the first exercises that i have them do is find a really good red dress and walk around in it just like i did you know like for myself and marinate in it and really get used to being seen and what that means to them and what they think about it how they feel in it and it's amazing It's amazing that exercise and the attention that they get and then they start getting into it and their whole attitude starts changing and they see themselves differently.
2: I have a question and this is for all the men out there. We're thinking of you. Is there anything equivalent Mm -hmm. that men can do? I'm assuming it's in the color red um,
1: to attract ladies. Yeah. Get out of the acid wash jeans and no pleated pants. Like I, I can't stress that enough. Like that is the worst. And oh. so if any man out there have these items, you need to call me like pronto because we have to like get rid of them now. Um, I think the biggest mistake that I see men make, and I love men. I actually love shopping with men is that, they tend to be all about comfort. And so they, you know, wear things usually about two sizes too big. I mean, that's a very common thing. Or they just, you know, they're not into the latest style or anything. And so they just wear their kind of comfy clothes. And they usually don't see how important the visual aspect is when it comes to dating. I think women, we have more understanding that we have to kind of look the part, you know, to attract a man because we are socialized that way but i'm sorry it works both ways cuz if a guy is wearing something that looks really nice like a nice pair of fitted jeans maybe like a dark wash a nice button down shirt and and a nice watch a watch a watch women love watches i don't know what it is i think it kind of takes wealth or something or status you know if you yeah. have that really like well put together look a woman will really, really be attracted to you. And and we're a little more forgiving, right? Like, well, we don't care about the little belly or the yeah. receding hairline. If you're well-dressed, we will give you a chance.
0: Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. smile, like smiles melt my heart, like good eyes and a smile. So I will forgive a lot if you are smiley, if you are more reserved or held back, and it probably goes both ways, you know, as a woman, if you're more reserved and held back and less smiley, but a smile will melt me in a second. Like if you are constantly smiling, then it's like a confident smile will trump Outfit for me. me. I, I like, was just,
1: I was just gonna say that's the, that's confidence, mm-hmm. right? Well, and that bleeds into a lot of the body language stuff that I do and when I work with people. And you are absolutely right. Like a smile goes such a long way for both sexes, and for women, the epidemic is that you know there's so many resting bitch faces out there, and I, you know, not that women are intending to be bitches, but the rbf is is real and what's happening is that we're not just aware of like how busy we are and we're going from one thing to another and how that impacts the looks on our face that you know a guy is just not going to approach us if we look sad and same with a guy like if a guy looks angry or he's looking down so body language is huge in terms of
0: attraction All right, Food Heals Nation. I had to pause this amazing interview with Kim to remind you about the Rise and Bloom Mastermind in 2019. This is the year you can do it differently. 2019 can be the year that you rise and bloom in your business. Take it from Chris McPeak. She has completed actually two of my masterminds and here's what she had to say. Roll it, Roxy
3: hi there my name is chris mcpeak i'm the executive director of silver peak performance and i'm the ceo of silver peak development and i'm here today to tell you about my experience with the rise and bloom mastermind series facilitated by alice and melody back in april i attended the day-long hot seat experience at her home in west hollywood and i left that experience With a wealth of information, I can't even begin to tell you how important and special it was to me. Um, Having completed that um, experience with Allison as my leader, I was able to finish and publish and market my second book. I was able to land a book signing of that second book at a national conference. I launched my first ever podcast, which is called Elevate Your Eight. And I'm on track now to launch my first group coaching program called Career Bliss. I've just finished the five-week program that Allison facilitated online, another Rise and Blue Mastermind. And while I can't give you results from that one yet, I can tell you that it was an extremely powerful experience these past five weeks. Um, if you have any doubts about whether or not to participate in Allison's programs, I'm just going to cast that all away from you right now. Just effing do it. You will not be sorry. It will change your life. It will change the reality. It will change the way you look at your business and the way you network with others. So don't waste time. Sign up today. I'm not kidding. You will not be sorry. For real.
0: Chris, thank you so much for that sweet testimonial. You are truly doing so much. You are killing it, girl. I'm so proud of you and how far you've come. So if you want to be like Chris in 2019 and you're ready to take your wellness business to the next level and create a community of like-minded ladies and men, you're invited to <laughs> just email me with any questions and I'll tell you exactly how to join at info at foodheelsnation.com All right. Now back to 2019 makeovers with Kim.
3: You're listening to the food heal. Podcast, make sure to subscribe,
2: rate, and review us on iTunes.
0: And when you are coaching people, what are mm-hmm. some tips, some everyday tips that we can all use? Because you see it. Let's say you're out um, at a party or at the bar. You can see I know better than to keep mm-hmm. my arms crossed because I know that in public that is a turnoff, and that is telling everyone don't come up to me. And I've been in conversations where people are are crossed arms, and I'm thinking, do they even want to talk to me right
1: now? You know, because that's a very closed off or bossy kind of stance.
0: It's like resting bitch face almost. It's like, are you are you talking to me? But it's comfortable to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know, I know, Susie. That's why we should talk about it.
1: So what's com- wait, what's comfortable about it?
0: To cross your arms. It's comfortable. I have <gasps> long arms, which oh, is comfortable. Physically comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To rest there. Yeah.
2: No, mm-hmm. it's just like and, and it could be uh, we could we mm-hmm. could delve in, Kim. We could we could delve in. I was a shy Little girl, I was hypersensitive. Like I could, I was very Uh precocious. Maybe I was protecting myself then, and it's just comfortable because I did as a kid. Who knows? I was also bossy, so I don't. Uh, There you go.
1: So that's why it's comfortable. I mean, it's like a known. Well, no, all kidding aside, that relates to just a quick story because it's totally what we're talking about. That this guy that I was working with, every time he was talking to what he deemed as a gorgeous, attractive woman, he would take, I don't know if you can picture this, but he would take his right arm and he'd put it across to his left arm that would be dangling and he would just clutch it almost like a little boy, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you can picture that. And he did it once. I'm like, okay. He did it twice. I'm like, hmm. And then he did it the third time. I'm like, okay, Doug, we really got to talk here. I'm like, every time (laughs) you talk to an attractive woman, you're doing this. And I modeled it for him. And he's like, oh my God, I had no awareness that I did that. Well, we traced it back. And what we figured out is that around age seven, He remembers that when he was a little boy, he would actually do that kind of movement when he was getting reprimanded by his mom, and his mom was kind of overbearing. So there was something about being in the presence of a powerful woman that his body just recoiled into that position naturally. And what was even more interesting is when we got rid of it, he became more confident with these women. Like when he really became aware and he stopped doing it, he was able to talk to attractive women with more confidence. And he looked more confident too. Because that's a very low confidence stance, if you think about it. So yeah, no, it's very important to have an awareness of your body language. And most people don't, let's face it. But the thing is, is that if you have like a good friend who tells you about habits or, you know... Tell people, I hey, I want to know how I'm coming across. Like, are you making eye contact? Are you smiling? How's your posture? That's another thing, because we're all into our computers. A lot of us are slouching
2: and driving. And yeah, and yeah. driving, driving and computers. And, and that also
1: looks like, you know, you're kind of low confidence or tired. There's also signs of attraction. And we could probably do a whole podcast on that. You know, so there's a lot of things to look for. But, you know, you asked about tips. You know, the the quickest an easiest thing that you know everyone can do, like almost like a self-assessment, is I call it the three F's. And it's not the F you think about. However, I always joke, like if you do these three Fs, you could totally get there. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's all the stuff that we're talking about. It's having fun. Because we're getting so damn serious these days, and that's you know, like, and let's face it, that's what attracts people to people. I don't care if it's business, networking, or dating; it's all the same. And being more playful, getting out of your head, right? The second F is fashion. It's what we were just talking about: putting on clothes that make you feel confident, that where you look fabulous, where you feel sexy and attractive and confident and then the third f is of course flirting and that is super mm-hmm. important and my you know what's interesting about flirting is that i teach people to flirt with life and you know it's something that i believe that everyone should embody yet so many people don't and if you look at the definition of flirting this is what's so fascinating is that it's to behave as though you are Attracted to someone without the serious intention of an outcome. Now, that last part, without the serious intention of an outcome, that's the most important part. And that's the reason why people get tripped up because they're getting attached to the outcome. They're worried that they're not doing it right. They're worried that maybe turning it on to somebody and giving them the wrong impression or they're not doing it right, you know. But that's not what flirting is about. It's about being in the moment, being playful, and creating a magnetism that just draws people to you. It's that charisma quotient name of my podcast, and how how we like can really connect with people.
0: This is it. Because first of all, I was going to ask you about oh, the personal quotient. So <laughs> See how thank I did you that? for bringing yeah. it up. You got this. You know what you're doing. Good <laughs> job. <laughs> um, what I love about what you said is that here we are. I am um, mm-hmm. in my 30s and I had for so long, I innately had The playful flirtiness with life, okay, for years and years and years. And I batted my eyelashes at life with no problems, Mm -hmm. no connections, no no issues with worried about how it was gonna come across or attachments to the outcome. And then I experienced massive amounts of trauma. And after that I got serious AF, okay? And It has taken me years since that trauma to go back to that playfulness and to allow it back. And I think this is key, what you're saying, to flirt with life. And I love the definition without having the attachment to the outcome. And I know this because I've been through it and I'm still working on getting back to that playful self who didn't care, who didn't worry, who wasn't straight up serious and needed to have a serious conversation and needed to control everything. It's letting go of that that what happened to me is I had it, I lost it, I'm coming back to it. And I think that's a lot of people's stories.
1: Oh, I love that you shared that because it, it, it literally just got chills because I was talking to a, um, a potential client actually yesterday about that very thing. And you know as I was reviewing her history and just getting kind of her backstory, she recalled a time that she was that flirty girl where, where she was attracting men left and right. And I said, what happened to her? And she just paused and she said, I don't know. I don't know what happened to her and I don't know how to get her back. I said, well, let's get her back because that's it, you know? And I always say like looking for honing devices, right? Like the, the time in your life or even you can do this in your current life where you do have confidence, where you do feel, you know, playful, And what is it about those situations, those environments or that kind of place and time that was working for you and pull out those elements and try to replicate those in your everyday life or, you know, whatever it is you're trying to work on? Because it is possible. I don't believe that there is a person who's not confident. I believe that confidence is experience. And usually when we lose our way with something, it's because like what you were saying There was was a trauma attached to it. We got it taken away. We were rejected. It was pushed down. Our light was dimmed, you know, for some reason, or we never learned it. So, whatever the case is, it doesn't matter. You can either learn it or get it back.
2: Totally agree. Allie, I feel the same way. I, well, I was different. I think as I was much more serious in younger life, but I did know how to have the confidence Mm -hmm. in a flirt. And then I went through trauma too. And I became massively depressed and my light just dimmed. And I, I, what I want to say about that is, it's okay if anyone's listening and has gone through that. Like you remember being fun and flirty and happy, and then you went through something, and that's you're not that way anymore. You now you're more serious. It's okay, that's life. You're not meant to be perfect all the time. And it's just a matter of recognizing, hey, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to make some changes and go back to that. That's okay. That's being human. It's so true.
1: And and actually, that's what the three Fs are so great about is like if you break it apart and it's so fundamental, it almost sounds like, you know, too simplistic. But if you think about it, if there's one thing you could do where it, it would make you feel more playful, like taking an improv class, for instance, you know, just getting kind of that playfulness back. Everybody should go take improv
2: class because, because it teaches you immediate – like I was this closet perfectionist where going to take mm-hmm. improv scared the shit out of me. And that's exactly why I did it. And I learned that it's okay to fail and still have – and then it was all about having yeah. fun. You have to – in improv, you have to fail before you fly, period.
1: Period. Oh my God, it's so weird. That's exactly what I tell people. Oh my, you're like a sister. Yes.
2: Yes, I did. Did you go to Second City? Yes, so did I. <laughs> oh, I no, I love it. <laughs> so, but I also wanted to add one other thing, Before going back to the flirting, I was, we, Kim, we have a lot in common. I was also yeah. a psych major in college. And I remember having this uh, developmental psychology professor. I loved her. She was my child mm-hmm. psychology professor and she would videotape her own three children <laughs> going through different developmental phases to illustrate what was happening in their little brains. And I remember her saying, all babies flirt. And I was like, what? What is she talking about? And she's like, the babies and little kids flirt. That's how they survive. When they do goo -goo gaga at their mommy or daddy, when they're just staring into Mm -hmm. your soul and melting your heart, it's, it's, it's flirting. It's, it's, Yeah. It's their way of like being charming so that you will take care of them when they're screaming their little heads off or they're being demanding or they're throwing their toys Mm -hmm. or they're not eating or they're sick. It's and I and it changed the way I viewed life. I was like, oh, my God, that's a that's an innate thing that we have in us as humans, and I even see it in pets. I've, I've seen it in my dog. I've seen it in Allie's dog. Allie's dog Jackson is a little flirt if you've ever seen one. <laughs> he, it changed my perspective about it. And it's it doesn't always have yeah. to be sexual and it doesn't have to always have an outcome. It could just be a playfulness that is meant to bond or is meant to so, just enjoy, right? Yeah. Like being playful for this for the sake of having fun.
1: Yeah, it's funny because one of the things, the first things that I, you know, tell people when I'm teaching them how to flirt is I use the metaphor of children. I, I've never thought about the baby aspect so that you're so right about that. But I say, you know, watching kids about four or five years old, it's beautiful because they, they haven't developed filters yet. And if, you know, if little Johnny sees Bobby in the playground, he'll just go up and say, hi, what are you doing? Can I play? Like he doesn't think about it. You know, I really shouldn't go up to him. He looks kind of busy. Maybe I should just kind of wait, you know, and see when he's ready to play. And like they don't do that. So that's why I love children because somewhere along the way and with life experience and hurt and trauma or reinforcement or punishment, whatever have you, as we go like along the continuum, we develop these filters. That's what stops us from flirting with life, from being in the moment. And so if you can get back to that childlike state, that's the magic. I mean, we like, you know, as women, we like that in men too. I mean, I love men who can play, you know, and be in their fun and silly. Like we, it's it's attractive trait. That's
0: what attracted me to my husband because our back and forth was so good. And we laughed at the same thing. So it's interesting when when you laugh. So, laughter and comedy has always been a part of my attraction to whether it's a friend or someone I'm meeting new or a love interest. If we laugh at the same things, you are my friend for life mm. because you get me immediately. And I think that's always that really is cool. I know humor connects people for sure.
1: And I and I say like going back to the three F thing. You don't have to be a stand-up comedian. You know, you don't have to be like. <laughs> Right. I mean, it helps. Well, sometimes and sometimes not, because actually a lot of comedians have trouble socially because, right, they, they use that as a defense true. and then you, you don't really yeah. feel who the real person is. So that's a whole other thing. Or
2: they're doing it because they
1: have like such a hole in needing affirmation. What humor and having fun means is to be able to laugh at yourself, to be able to take things in a more, you know, in like a lighter way, you know, so you don't have, because that's another thing people will think, well, I don't know how to have fun. And the sad part is there's some people who never learned to have fun or maybe their childhood didn't cultivate that. But it's never too late. That's the good thing about mm-hmm. like and what I always tell people about my whole like charisma quotient and all the things that we're talking about is that we're not born with charisma. That's what's so interesting. It's something that we learn. And I don't care if you're 16 or 80, you can learn this stuff. And But the thing that you have to keep in mind when you look at the three Fs of having fun, or maybe it's just buying the red lipstick, or maybe it's just making eye contact when it comes to flirting, start small. Because those small wins add up to the bigger picture, the finish line, your goal, your soulmate, the job, whatever it is that you're searching for. But if you just start... Small. You know, it'll give you the confidence to build on that and get what you want. You
0: know, that's so beautiful, Kim. And one of the things that I really want Food Heals Nation to know is that if you want to see a bunch of transformations that Kimberly has done, they are on her Instagram page. And Kim and I actually met on Instagram, which I know is like,
1: what <laughs> of them I know it's kind of like against what we're talking about, like meeting people in real life. No, but that's the cool part is that we became connected, but then we took it to the next level and now we're actually talking.
0: Yes. And I love that. And I'm so glad that, you know, you reached out and we got to talk because you are huge in your space and you're doing so much. And it's so important because Susie and I talk about the healing power of food and emotions and spirituality, but we we haven't talked about- Shopping therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, and also, you know, as
1: people lose weight and as they're getting healthier and listening to your amazing podcast as well, like that's the other thing. People don't see their image. They don't see the new body that they have. And I deal with that all the time. So it's fun to get new clothes, to match your new body. And that also helps people build confidence.
0: Yeah. And even if you're not losing weight and you have your current body to find something that fits you because your story when you started and the person that brought you the dress and said, no, no, honey, this is your size. That happened to me in New York right after college. I had just graduated. I had just lost my mom. I was half like, I'm going to pursue my career and half like I'm so depressed and ugly and hideous. I want to die. Like I was in this weird space where I was like not okay. And I was trying on clothes just like you. And, um, the dressing room girl was like, this looks fantastic on you, but it's three sizes too big. Let me bring you a size small. And I was like, I don't wear a size small. And she was like, no, you do. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she brought me jeans that were smaller than I had tried on and all of this stuff. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I do look cute. Maybe I can, you know, hack this career in New York. I was just doing an internship and You know, all this stuff, but I was going through a depression because I had lost my mom, but I was also in denial. So I was in this really weird space. I couldn't see who I was, I couldn't see my body. I I was very confused. And that woman that brought me those clothes actually made me feel more confident about what I was doing because I had started an internship, but I was like, they don't need me, they don't want me. And I like remember walking into that internship and then being like, oh my God, we're so happy to have you, like, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if it was my outfit or my whatever resume I had at the time from college but I felt confident walking in there and starting that new chapter in my life of being out of college having lost my mom it was a brand new chapter being in a different town and it's moments like that that I think that we have to hold on to and if you haven't had one you can have one right now with Kim well no I, that's a great story and also
1: you know I I love what you Said too is that even if you haven't lost weight, you know, I always tell people don't wait, don't wait. You know, I call it the waiting, and you guys are, you know, theater wow. people, so you know what I'm talking about. I call it the waiting for Godot syndrome. Like, you know that play where that guy is on stage for hours <laughs> and he's waiting for this great guy called Godot. And guess what? Godot never comes. And really, I feel the message was that the power is always within, right? It's it's never we're always looking for reasons outside of ourselves or excuses or waiting for that perfectionistic kind of thing that we all get looped into. But at what point do you stop waiting and do something right now? So no matter what weight you are at. I teach people to love their body right now. And it starts with the clothes that you wear, because if you knew what body type you are and what clothes flatter your figure and what clothes to stay away from, it makes such a difference. And I do have like a free body type guide on my website, or I can give you the link too, guys, if that works. But you know that will help you determine what body type you are. And that will build your confidence knowing that you're wearing the right clothes.
0: Yes. So we have your free body shape guide. We will put that in the show notes. And if anyone is listening right now, let's say they have just come out of a trauma or a divorce like you did, or they're just not feeling their best and they want to come out of their cocoon in the new year, where can they start with you right now? What can they do?
1: Well, the, definitely the easiest is to go to my website. It's seltzerstyle.com, S-E-L-T-Z-E-R-style dot com. Pretty much everything is on there. Or you can meet where Allie and I met on Instagram. It's at Kimmy Seltzer. And I have that new like link tree. Thing that's so super ninja and cool because it has like all the ways you can get in touch with me there. And so, yeah, I would love to help anybody. I do these virtual makeovers too. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. I can do a one-hour virtual session and really help you with your branding, your style, you know, colors. I pick out outfits for you and you'll have a blueprint to do it on your own.
0: Ah, oh, I'm so excited. And Obviously, we met on Instagram, so I am a huge fan of Kim's Instagram because you can see the before and afters. And not only do you see a, a change in the person's um, outfit – but you see a change in their energy. You can just see it through the picture.
1: It's amazing, isn't it? And I don't even tell them to do that. Like, it just kind of happens when they have the costume on, you know? it's There's there's something different when you look in the mirror and you see something different. And the other thing is, is you know, we can't see ourselves. I think I started that way. I certainly didn't when I was in that black period in my life. And sometimes, you know, it just takes like a photo of you in a fabulous outfit where you can see outside yourself and you reflect it back because that's what we're all seeing. We always are harder on ourselves when we look in the mirror than others yeah. are. And when you start, you know, going through that process and really start owning your body, owning your beauty and all that you are, that's when everyone else will take notice and, and things will happen.
0: Oh, I love it. I have a final question. It's kind of to all of us. I just want to ask you guys, like it's a new year. What happens to a lot of people, myself included, I'm totally guilty of this, is we set up these resolutions and we fail. So I do not like to set resolutions, but I do like to set goals. What do you guys think is some advice that you would give Food Heals Nation to make sure that you can set things that you can actually achieve without losing, without judgment, without you know, failing, all of that stuff.
1: Well, actually, I can totally answer that from a research perspective because I, I was do a lot of research on like, how people can change right, and create new habits. And the reason why a lot of New Year resolutions fail is because people shoot too high. They'll either make too big of a goal or they'll make too many. And so what's recommended, and this isn't even just me talking about what research says, is that if you break it down, kind of what I was saying before, into something that's very easy to do and something that's small and work on it for like three months in, in chunks at a time. And then when you achieve that goal, then you move on to the next. You achieve that goal and you move on to the next. That Again, that will build on itself and you will eventually get to like where you want to go. But it also has to be something that you like to do and motivating. So I know like not everybody likes to exercise until you start exercising and then you start liking it. So what can you do just tomorrow? That is something that's you know doable for you. If you like walking, start with walking. You know, you don't have to run. That those are some of the things that they say about resolutions. Beautiful. I would add that um for me
2: I've I've used this both for work and for personal stuff. I love lists. Oh yeah. And their goals, right? They're things that, and and sometimes some are more uh, have a higher priority. So I'll have a list of like all this because th- I I have so many things in my head. I'm like I need to get them out and down because if I write them down, I at least know that they're there. Some of them need a deadline and I have also gotten myself one of those, you know, those like old school, like, it's. I don't even have to describe this, but it's like a standing stake and you put like receipts on it, like you'd spear them. Okay, so I have just a little notepad and I make my lists and I probably revise it like because I'll cross, I'll take a Sharpie and I will cross off stuff when I did it. And like when half the list is done, I just take it off. I put it on the stake and I put whatever's remaining on the new list. And it's such a sense of satisfaction. And I, and I put things on there like pick up dry cleaning, go to yoga class, you know, pay this bill, like whatever it is, because being an entrepreneur, like you can get, you can work all day long and feel like you still didn't do enough. So, so having this stake, this with this spike. And you could do this for fitness. You could do this for love, whatever it is, like writing it down, being able to cross it off that I did it and then keeping it. I'll probably burn them at the end of the year (laughs) because I don't need, I also don't like to be a hoarder. So I don't want all these extra pieces of paper, but like I've now, I'm now able to sit at my desk and see this spike with these, all these pieces of paper on them with all of these lines crossed out be like, yeah, I didn't achieve everything on that list, but I moved it to a new one and look at how much I have done in this year. So that. that's been that's been my method
1: this year. I love that because it's also something that you're physically doing, and there's something really powerful when it's uh, you know like it's tactile, you know, as you're doing it. So it's like you have the visual aspect, you have the tactile thing of like putting it on the the stake, and, and there's something satisfactory about it too. That's cool.
0: Writing it down. That's my number one. Write it down. Make it happen. It will happen if you write it. If you say your mantras, you repeat it to yourself and you say it often enough, you will start to create the life that you want to achieve. So that's my number one. Kim, Susie, those were both beautiful pieces of advice. I really appreciate you both. And Kim, I know that you told everyone how they can work with you, but you've got your podcast, your website. Give us all the goods where they can find you online.
1: All the goods. Yeah, super excited about my podcast is Charisma Quotient, and you could find it on iTunes and Stitcher and all that, and it's on my website as well. And, of course, that's how we connected, Allie. And then um, we have the Instagram at Kimmy Seltzer, seltzerstyle.com. I have Facebook, um, Kimberly Seltzer. Oh, my gosh. It, go- it goes on and on. But really, I mean, I also offer free breakthrough calls. So if anyone's interested in just hopping on a call and and seeing, you know, Know, like what's working, what's not. And, you know, if I can possibly help you get to where you want to go, I would love to
0: chat with you. Thank you so much, Kim, for being here.
1: Thank you. Super fun.